Welcome to the January 22nd sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Joshua chapter 22, verses 21 through 34, and the sermon is entitled, Same Passion, Different Perspective, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. Grab your Bibles, go to the book of Joshua chapter number 22. And I want your attention real quick, I just want to make sure that you understand how impeccable God's timing is. How impeccable God's timing is. These sermons, this sermon in particular was written five weeks ago. Okay? Just so you know, I'm a month ahead. I'm done with Joshua. Okay? I'm not done preaching it. I'm done writing the sermons for it. But it's amazing how God lines things up. And you will see it today in a very real way. Last week and the week before, we've been talking through the Old Testament book of Joshua, chapter number 22. By far my favorite chapter, my favorite sermons out of the entire book come from this one chapter, chapter number 22. I've even written the the sermon for chapter 24. But even greater than that are these sermons today because they reveal in me the truth of how God works in every person's life and through every circumstance. And I believe today no matter how you entered this building or how you turned on your TV, how you you joined us today, I believe that God can minister to you wherever you are. Does anybody agree with me? That's why we sing about the faithfulness and how great the faithfulness of God is. It's one thing to read about it. It's another to sing about it. And it's our job to live our lives and show other people that God is faithful. So with that said, His holy word from the Old Testament book of Joshua. As you understand and know that the conquering is done. That the dividing of the land within the tribes is done. And now it's time for everybody to go to your inherited land. Go to your, go to your territory And live life for God. We opened up chapter number 22 by reminding people of this. God's plan is that you love and that you cleave and that you never turn away from God. No matter where you go, Joshua was no longer the watchman over the people. As they dispersed, he reminded them, you are to go. And I pray for God's protection over you as you go. Last week, we opened up and we seen that the two and a half tribes began to make their way to the other side of the Jordan, going back to their territory. And what happened as they began that track is they built an altar. And we seen last week as that altar would become a thing of division. As the people, the nine and a half tribes of the Canaan land, They heard about what was going on. You remember that? They heard about it. And just because they heard about it, they assumed that they were following other gods. And so they were ready to go and kill these two and a half tribes and wipe them out for disobeying God. And so we looked last week at one side of the story. The nine and a half tribes, as they looked to this altar that was constructed, and they thought, these people have turned Their backs on God. Today, we open scripture with this title. Same passion, different perspective. Same passion, different perspective. I'm amazed in the life of the church. It's amazing when you sit in the seat that I do. The many different ways that people want to to carry out the one main goal. 
And listen to me, church. The main goal of Clifford Baptist Church is this. That other people come here and they understand and know to learn to love Jesus Christ as their Savior. Three people agreed with me. (laughs) The purpose of Clifford Baptist Church is to make Jesus Christ known here in this place. Amen. From there, different, different things can happen. Different ministries can reach the world. And we can reach in so many different directions. But here's the job. It's not my job to do all of that. I would love for every person in this room and those that are joining us live stream to have the passion that Jesus Christ is number one in all things. And from that, we go to the world with Jesus Christ. Today, how does an Old Testament story from the book of Joshua show us that the passion of God can be used for His amazing grace? Today, church, I will want you to know this. We will not always agree on things. You can amen right there too. We're not always going to agree. But listen to me, as I, as I began this sermon uh, five weeks ago, I was wondering, what causes trouble in the church? And here are some of the list of the things that I began to write. First and foremost, the color of the carpet has to be there, right? Because churches get upset about the color of the carpet. But listen, in a more serious way, the music, the style of preaching... Whether to hang a clock in the back of the room for the preacher or not, that causes division. I have a clock, and I want you to know I'm watching it, okay? I know what time it is. Hang with me here. Where to hang the picture of Jesus in the church causes division. But then we get into the real issues. Who gets keys to the church? Who's able to run the copy machine? Then we get outside the church. How much do politics play in the life of the church? Where do women fit into ministry? How do, how do you really do church discipline? How do you handle social justice? And it's not one man's job to figure all that out. It's the collective body of the church to do that. And so today, I know that we may not agree, and we not, may not be uh, passionate about the same things, but this, the passion must revolve around Jesus Christ in this place. And from there, we can work. As we take a look at Joshua chapter number 22, remember this. The two and a half tribes have made their way back to their territory. They have built an altar. It has upset the children of Canaan. And now what do we do? The two and a half tribes get to explain their side of the story. And here's what that looks like. Go with me, Joshua 22, starting with verse number 21. Then the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and half the tribe of Manasseh answered and said unto the heads of the thousands of Israel, The Lord God of gods, the Lord God of gods, he knoweth. And Israel, he shall know. If it be in rebellion or if in transgression against the Lord, save us not this day that we have built us an altar To turn from following the Lord, or if it to offer their own burnt offerings or meat offering, or if to offer peace offerings thereon, let the Lord himself require it. 
Point number one today out of the sermon and out of these verses is this. God knows the reason behind everything. Just simply write these two words. God knows. God knows. As last week we've seen the nine and a half tribes voice their concern that the two and a half tribes had forgotten God. They were leaving God. They were worshiping other gods. The two and a half tribes began to explain their action. And they don't go to the whole congregation of Israel. Remember, Phinehas and ten leaders are there. I call them the Baptist Committee on Relations. That's what we're going to refer to them as. So as, as the two and a half tribes are addressing these leaders from the other side, here's what they say. Our heart is in the very right place. Look how verse number 22 starts out. It says this. The Lord God of gods, the Lord God of gods, He knoweth. You need to, you need to underline those two words, He knoweth. As the, the defense begins, the three names, the re, three repetitive names of God are listed here, here. El, Elohim, and Jehovah are listed over and over. But I want you to see two and a half tribes calling out to the greatest witness there ever is. I always thought mamas know everything, and they do. But God knows everything. God knows the reason that you put on a nice set of clothes this morning, and you got up and you came to church. God knows. And God knows today the heart behind our worship, the heart of what drives us here, the heart of what we're looking for. And in the two and a half tribes, here's what they say. God knows our heart. And my prayer is this, that maybe God will use these two words today to speak directly to your heart. Maybe you need the, the affirmation or the reassurance today that God knows exactly where you are and what you're dealing with and what you're going through. God knows. But for these two and a half tribes, here's what they say. As we built that altar, God knows why we built that altar. It was not to worship. It was not to sacrifice. It was just to look back and remember how good God has been to us. Job says it this way. Job 34, 21. For his eyes are upon the ways of man, and he seeth all his goings or all his steps. Hebrews chapter number 4 verse 13 says this, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things, all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. There is nothing you can hide from God. Even this morning as your spiritual leader, God knows my heart. God knows why I stand here. And God knows it's nothing to do with Jeffrey Campbell. It's all to do with Jesus Christ. And if we as the collective church. Would center our hearts and center our lives. And center our minds on that. It's amazing what God would do with the church. Friends today. Be assured. That if Israel was worshiping the one true Lord. These two and a half tribes knew. God knows that. If the two and a half tribes were worried about what their heart was saying, they said this, God knows. And our actions, if they be sinful or not, they said God knows. And if they are sinful, 
It's amazing what they say. I hope God doesn't let me make it through this day if my heart is not right. What a powerful statement as they explain themselves of why they chose to build an altar. Today, in the middle of hundreds of people gathered to worship God, two words, God knows. Aren't you thankful for that today? Praise the Lord. Let's move on. Verses uh, 24 and 25. And if we have not rather done it for, it for the fear of this thing, saying in time to come, your children might speak unto our children, saying, What have ye to do with the Lord God of Israel? For the Lord hath made Jordan a border between us and you, ye children of Reuben and children of Gad. Ye have no part in the Lord. So shall your children make our children cease from fearing the Lord. Point number two today is this. When we think about the same passion and different perspective, I want you to see the concern over division. Concerns over division. The eastern tribes laid out a twofold concern about what was going on in their land. The reason behind building this altar. The first one is this. Here is our concern. Is one day when the people look at us. Because we are separated by the Jordan River. People will not think that we are God's people. Because the Jordan is a barrier. So point number one, the concern of the Jordan River, it serves as a natural barrier, a barrier that future generations would question, are these people really children of God? And so they say, when people look at us in the future, they're going to think we're not part of what God is doing. Remember this now. Remember that these two and a half tribes chose this land. They chose the land to be on the eastern side of the, of the Jordan, not to be a part because it looked good and it, it was fruitful and they can multiply and it would serve their herds. They chose the land. But now, as they get, get into, into it, they say this. Now it serves as a problem because it, the river separates us. The second concern is this, that the offspring of Canaan will will cause the offspring of the two and a half tribes to stop fearing the Lord. They're pointing fingers now. These two and a half tribes are saying, it's going to be your kids. It's going to be the children, the next generation. It's going to be their fault because they're going to run our next generation away. How many of you today are worried about the next generation? Amen. I'm worried about this generation, but I'm also worried about the next one. But friends, here's what I, I can tell you. Today, there are many different thoughts all across this room, even watching live stream, of how we raise our kids and what we give them access to and how to do that and the best way to parent. Listen, I'm not, I'm not even going there. But what I want to tell you to do today is this. There are many little things of our own choosing that could potentially cause division. Be careful there. What looks good one day, years down the road, may not be the benefit that you thought it would be. Does that make sense? Years ago, this land was great. It looked good. We could raise cattle here. We could raise our family. And today, they're saying, oh, no. 
There's a barrier of the Jordan River, and it's going to cause us to quit believing. Friends, I don't lead with a, with a fear of division. I lead with a, in a way to bring everyone together under the uniting umbrella of Jesus Christ our Lord. If we cannot unite and agree on Christ, then friends, we've got bigger problems. We've got other fish to fry. Today, I know that we may not agree on everything, but I want you to know this. Who is at fault? And when you begin to point fingers, you find people's true heart. Is Canaan at heart or Canaan at guilt? For being too passionate about God, wanting to kill these two and a half tribes because they left God? Or is, are the two and a half tribes at fault because they are the ones that chose the land? Here's the thing, nobody's at fault. They both have the same passion. They're looking at it very differently. Hence the reason you have more churches than you need. I'm just going to say it. If we would unite on the one thing that brings us together, man, the church would flourish. But yet we have churches based on the color of skin and based on beliefs and based on the color of different things and, and how we recognize we've got churches all over the place. And yet, instead of being united, we seem divided. Friends, today, look at me, church. We need the passion. That looks to Jesus in all things. I don't want to pick the color of the carpet. Somebody else pick it. It's fine with me. Because it's going to get ripped up and replaced in 10 years anyway. But here's the thing. If we lose track and we lose focus on those little things. It's amazing what happens and how God works. Moving on. Do not pull your eyes off Jesus. That's the message here. Don't pull your eyes off the Lord. Point number three, look at verses 26 through 29. Therefore we said, let us now prepare to build us an altar, not for burnt offering nor for sacrifice, but that there may be a witness between us and you and our generations after us, that we might do the service of the Lord before Him with our burnt offerings and with our sacrifices and with our peace offerings, that your children may not say to our children in time to come, ye have no part in the Lord. Therefore said we, that it shall be, when they should say, uh, so say to us, or to our generations in time to come, that we may say again, behold, the pattern of the altar of the Lord, which our fathers made, not for burnt offerings nor sacrifice, but it is a witness between us and you. God forbid that we should rebel against the Lord and turn this day from the following of the Lord to build an altar for burnt offerings or meat offerings or sacrifices beside the altar of the Lord our God that is before His tabernacle. Point number three. Same passion, different perspective. This altar was intended to be a witness. If you read verses 26 and 27 and 28 and 29, every single one of these verses speaks to the altar not being used for sacrifice. And here's my question. Why'd you build it then? Because that's what an altar's for. 
But they say our intentions weren't to sacrifice. We wanted it to be something that as the people looked over and they saw it, they would be reminded of how good God was. These verses show the true intentions of the heart of the two and a half tribes. They wanted it to stand as a witness and a testimony to the generations that followed it. In verse number 27, you will see that. Every time they looked back to Jordan, they wanted to know that God was with them. Verse 28, the word behold is used. It stood not for people to question, but people to fix their attention on, their minds on, and remember how good God was to them. Every time I drive by Clifford Baptist Church, let me, let me rephrase that. Every time you drive by Clifford Baptist Church, what do you think? Here's what I think. God is so good. God is so good. A place out in the middle of nowhere, God is using to impact the world. God is good. And so this is what this altar was intended. Every time we look at it, we can remember God is good. God is good. He's doing wonderful things. He's kept us in the past and he will lead us in the future. That was the intention behind the, the altar. But how can one thing, listen to me church, how can one thing make two different people, groups of people, divided? And what can bring them back again? There's one thing that would unite the people of Canaan and the other two and a half tribes on the eastern side. There's only one thing that unites them. You know what that is? Go ahead and say it. God. God Almighty. God Almighty is the only thing that could unite them. It wasn't an altar that could unite them. God had to be the center of it. And God, God was that. And it's amazing in this sequence how they went from we want to kill them to let's just sit down and talk with them. And it's amazing where this goes. Watch as, the, as this chapter closes. Look how it closes as we think about the intentions to be a witness. Hold on, I'll, I'll, before I move on, I want to say this. Today, as we think about the concerns of the unfaithfulness that surrounds us, what are we willing to do about it? What are we willing to do about it? The church can't just expect people to drive by and, and, and just think, hey, God's good. I know God's good because I know God. I've seen what God has done. I've watched Him work. I've watched young lives grow up. I've seen people's lives changed. I know God has worked through the years in this place. I know God is good. The world does not know God is good. And we cannot expect the doors just to fly open and the world to come in. They need to see God in your life. I want people to look at members of Clifford Baptist Church and say, God's truly working there. God is good. God has changed. God is working. When I look at 600 plus ideas of how to do ministry at Clifford Baptist Church... I want you to know the one thing, as people look at us, God forbid they see Jeffrey Campbell. They should see Jesus. The one thing I want people to see from Clifford Baptist Church, no matter where they are, is I want them to see 
Jesus. God forbid. Do you see that word used in verse number 29? God forbid. God forbid they see something other than God. And that's what the two and a half tribes say. God forbid we should rebel and turn this day from following the Lord and build an altar for something that it's not intended to. God forbid. And so I leave you with those two words on this point. God forbid somebody look at Clifford Baptist Church and see something other than Jesus Christ. The last point. Look at verses 30 through 34. And when Phinehas the priest and the princes of the congregation and heads of the thousands of Israel which were with him heard the words that the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the children of Manasseh spake. Listen to this. It pleased them. And Phinehas the son of Eliezer the priest said unto the children of Reuben and to the children of Gad and to the children of Manasseh. This day we perceive that the Lord is among us. Because ye have not committed this trespass against the Lord. Now ye have delivered the children of Israel out of the hand of the Lord. And Phinehas the son of Eliezer the priest. And the princes returned from the children of Reuben. From the children of Gad. Out of the land of Gilead. And to the land of Canaan. To the children of Israel. And brought them word again. Look at verse 33. And the thing pleased the children of Israel. And the children of Israel blessed God and did not intend to go up against them in battle to destroy the land wherein the children of Reuben and Gad dwelt. And the children of Reuben and the children of Gad called the altar Ed, for it shall be a witness between us that the Lord is God. Point number four today, where we talk about same passions and different perspectives, is this. The Lord is among us. The Lord is among us. It's amazing to me how God intervenes. The people are able to avoid destruction. The land is able to be saved. The people's lives are saved because they handled it in a very godly way. They talked through their differences and their problems. They talked through their misunderstandings. And they vowed together to serve the Lord. I want you to see in verse number 31, as we talked about perception last week, perception comes back in the picture this week. Look at verse number 31. And Phinehas, the son of Eliezer, the priest, said unto the children of Reuben, and to the children of Gad, and to the children of Manasseh, This day we perceive that the Lord is among us. We know that God is here. We can see that He is here. It's amazing. And a godly leader, a spiritual leader in Phinehas says that the Lord is among us. As they deliver that news back to the people of Israel, they were grateful and thankful that they didn't have to go to war. But this place, this altar, served as a reminder of one thing and one thing alone. And you will find that at the end of verse number 34. The Lord is God. The Lord is God. So today, I love the end of this because people perceive that God is there. People are pleased with the outcome. There's no war and no more killing that has to happen. Jim Hooker, I know you're glad that you didn't like the killing and all of that. I know that. We don't have to go to war again. 
Listen to me, church. The greatest war, the greatest war and the greatest hurt is the war that happens within. Listen to me. When something happens within, everybody takes notice. Everybody chalks up reasons. That's why I don't go to church. Now you know why I don't believe in God. I want you to see a a potential destruction ironed out in the midst. Friends, I hope the 22nd chapter has taught you something. And as I close it down today, I want you to know this. The people of God are pleased of how God showed up. How many of you know that when you come into this building, God is here? The one thing throughout my 15 plus years of being at Clifford Baptist Church is this. People, visitors, members, whoever, come say, the presence of God is here. Amen. I do not want to take that for granted. We have to guard that. And I'm grateful today that God's presence is here. And I want you to know how God has taken hundreds of people from different backgrounds and different beliefs and different upbringings and has delivered us from sin and from self, has protected us in a way that we cannot even imagine or can't even see. But here's my question. Here's my question. How many people, how many Christians today will come and gather around one altar as one people and pray to one Lord and simply say this, God, use my passion to serve you. Use my passion in a way that it does not hurt the name of God. Use my passion that it does not damage or scar the name of Jesus. Today, is there somebody that will join a pastor at the altar and just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing. But here's the thing. God, we know that you're not done yet. There's more work to do. And it starts with me. Pulling my part. Doing my load. Putting in my input. My voice will be heard. I'm grateful for you, church. For just a second before I get to the true invitation... I want to say thank you. Thank you for your trust. There could be many other people standing here, but you chose me. Thank you. You're not looking at a perfect man. You will see me fall, but you will never have to worry about me not asking you for help. I need you as much as you need me. That is how the church works. So family... As we look at this about our passions and our perspectives, we're not all going to see eye to eye on every single issue. But I want you to know this. I vow to walk by your side every step of the way. Not in front of you, not in behind you, but beside you as we serve together. Today, in a moment of invitation, I don't know what God has placed on your heart. I don't know what you're going through. But I simply want to open this altar For an invitation for people to come and simply say this. Either thank you God for what you're doing. God channel my passion. Channel my perspective. 
use me in this body? I pray that everybody shows up for that one. But maybe today, personally, you're dealing with something that you need the Lord's help. This altar is open. I never want to give an invitation without saying this. Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world. And today, if you've never trusted your life to Jesus Christ as Savior, He went to a cross for you. I want you to know, there are two words that I want you to remember right now. If you've never given your heart to God, listen to these two words. God knows. God knows. As a 15-year-old kid, I gripped the back of a pew, not wanting to make the decision to follow Jesus. Tears ran down my eyes. I knew I needed to. God knew my heart. God was working on it. God knows. I'm so thankful for that first step. Today, Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins of, your, of you. And today, tomorrow, in the future. Today, if you will just come to him and say, God, I know that I'm a sinner. But I believe the payment on the cross paved the way. For me to have eternal life. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I trust you with it all. Today, Jesus Christ can change your life. My prayer is this. Is that in this moment of invitation. That you will number one know that this is about God's business. Let's do business with God. Beginning right now. Father God. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity for every person to freely come. To freely come to the church today. Lord, I don't know how you will use an Old Testament sermon in a new way. But Lord, my prayer is this. If somebody needs the life-changing power of Jesus Christ, that they will just submit. Lord, you know they need you and they know they need you. Lord, I pray that somebody would surrender to you today. Lord, maybe Christians in this building need to surrender. Portions of their life, they're not ready to give up yet. Lord, today, if there's a Christian that will just come and kneel down and say, God, I surrender. Lord, you will use them. Lord, if somebody's going through something good or bad, just wants to gather around an old altar and just say, God, thank you. Thank you where you have me. Thank you that I don't understand it all. Thank you for what you're doing. But God, I just want to say, at this altar, I look to remember to trust you. Lord, I pray that you will deal with hearts today. Father, your Holy Spirit would move in a powerful way right now. That's my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.